0: Alright everybody, hello. Um, we are the Yankee Clippers. I'm here with Sean. Uh, just finished up the uh, Syracuse game. Can't believe they're even in the tournament in the first place and they just beat Michigan State. Uh, unbelievable game. Watch most of it with you, but yeah, I'm still in shock that they're in the tournament.
1: Syracuse is looking to do the same thing they did in 2016. Get yeah, to the Final Four yeah. as a high seed. They were a 10 seed that year. Uh, a lot of doubt of whether they even deserve to be in the tournament just like this year, and here they are.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll talk more March Madness later. That's mainly what we're going to talk about. There's a but lot to get into. We'll jump right into um, the Yankees first. We're going to talk about that briefly, I'm sure, that it's getting annoying. We sound like Yankee boys at this point, but it is what it is. Get over it. That's right. exactly it's right. Spring training, season's right around the corner. So, yeah, like I said, we're the Yankee Clippers, so we know more about the Yankees than most other things, so we uh let's start with some roster moves so today andahar got sent down today is sunday so andahar got sent down they sent down torres a little bit earlier in the week which after the neil walker signing i think that means that they're going to be going with drury and uh neil walker
1: yeah absolutely and it looks like tyler wade's going to have a big chance to uh to not only make the team but contribute a lot as well um yeah, I think it's important to touch on that stuff. Mostly
0: people, They also I th- I didn't mention they release Adam Lind, which means I think they're showing a little bit more confidence in Austin as well. Yeah, I think he's a
1: good he's a good option to play first base. He, he can't really do much else and I know they're working Neil yeah. Walker out at first as well just in case they want to give Bird the day off and let him play, but I mean, we knew the cuts were coming with Andujar and Torres. Yeah, Torres was really struggling time. this spring. looked like he just didn't have his timing down, or he was trying to press and make the team. And
0: I'd be shocked if he wasn't up with the with the Yanks by the end of the call ups or whatever. What they'll
1: do with him is they'll give him an opportunity to get comfortable again in Triple A. He only played like 20 games in Triple A last year, so let him play there. Let him get his confidence back up. Let yep, him wear yep, out Triple yep. A pitching. And, uh, and you know, they can kind of let him go at whatever clock time that they have. I mean, they're going to get production from second and third base. It's not going to be rushed. And when he's ready, he's going to be up for good. feel the same way about Anduhar as well. So Yeah,
0: Anduhar it's just the defense thing. I mean, like I said earlier, the guy is ready to to hit in the major oh, for leagues. Sure. And I read a couple articles with scouts already saying that it's just, one, they don't really have a place for him, and two, it's just the glove. He needs to figure that out.
1: What was great about this spring training was – Comparable to last year, but more so this year because you've got to see some of these guys come up already or play in last year's spring training is you really get excited about where they are as a franchise because these guys that you look at in all their minor league rankings and all of the production that they have down in triple a double a single a they're playing with the big team and they're holding their own they really yeah. look good what's
0: the, what's the center fielder's name that's Esteban floreal yeah, he's going to he start double great. a this he year I mean, he had five hits and three triples so he's I mean, an yeah, electric he's really, player he's really hyped up but i think it's deservedly so
1: absolutely and we're going to talk a lot more about the yankees during our baseball preview prior to opening day Um but you know, just because that's the name of our podcast, always good to just touch on a couple news and notes. Yep. Um since we last talked, Jake Arietta signed with the Phillies for three years, seventy five million. It wasn't the time of years that he wanted, but man, he got a nice payday.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's honestly was kinda the market for him because he is a little bit older, he's got a lot of miles on that arm. Uh, the pitching coach, I believe, that's with Philadelphia, was with him in Baltimore, so yep. feels at home. Philadelphia is building a little something, something out there. They got some young talent. They signed Santana a little bit earlier in the year, so I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NL East. Yeah, um, I, you know, I'd be interested to see between them and the Nationals how things look. I think the they're the next team. They're
1: the next team. Mm-hmm. They're going to be – 2019 is going to be their peak.
0: Like I said last podcast, I think the Mets are going to be competing for that second wild card spot, bar, barring health. The Marlins are going to be in the basement. Yep. I mean the, it, and the Braves
1: are building as well. They have an elite farm system where a lot of that talent's coming up this year. And like I said, we're going to talk more about that during our baseball preview. Absolutely. But, um, the last signing, well, not signing yet, is still Alex Cobb doesn't have a job yet.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, the more I think the longer it takes to get him signed, the closer he'll be to wearing a Yankees uniform. I think so. If the One Yankees to get him on a Neil Walker kind of deal, Yeah.
1: you imagine that? I mean, just to round out that rotation. It'd so, be great. Uh, that's something we're looking forward to discussing in the coming weeks as well but definitely lead off with that and, all right um, let's
0: let's jump into something that's a little more relevant because I mean to most people baseball still isn't relevant some people baseball isn't even relevant till midsummer but it's it's always relevant to us but exactly we'll talk a little bit of uh, let's talk some NFL because something big happened yesterday with the Jets uh, I I don't know whether to be excited, nervous. Well, as as the Jet fan in, on this podcast, why don't you uh, why
1: don't you run down your opinions on the move and what you think is going to happen now that you hold the number three overall
0: pick? So the Jets traded up um, to get the number three overall pick from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, I I don't think they really gave up too much. If you're going to go after a franchise quarterback, I mean, it's it's somewhat comparable to the. Chicago Bears trade the Bears gave up a lot last year to the Niners and they only jumped up one spot the Jets jumped up three and you have to take into account that they only gave up three of their own picks including only two in this draft with the sixth pick and the uh the second round pick and then they gave up this pick that they got for Sheldon Richardson from the Seahawks yeah, it's not and bad. then and then next year a second rounder so if you're going to get a franchise quarterback honestly I don't want to call that a discount but that's, you're not spending that much money to get that. And, and, and also, I think, you know, depending on what the Browns do, the Giants have said that they don't want – that Eli is still their guy for three years. And I don't think they want to draft a quarterback. I, I think that they might go offensive lineman.
1: See, it's interesting you say that because I don't think it's that they don't want to take a quarterback – they want to make sure that their quarterback that they take is the guy. Yeah. And if they, if they don't believe that the guy available, if let's say Cleveland takes Darnold or Rosen or Allen, yep. and that's who the Giants targeted, if that's not there, they're not going to settle Jets, for a second all quarterback. All say says the
0: Jets must know something that that the, the normal people like us don't know because I think that they would have tried to go up higher if that they thought, oh, so-and-so is going to take this guy. Maybe um, maybe maybe the maybe with the first pick you go Shaquan Barkley. Uh, probably not. I think but... here's
1: the th- situation, and not to cut you off, but I, I think that the Jets know that the Giants are not going to trade with the Jets. That's just not going to no. happen. Yep. It's never going to happen. And the Browns are not going to trade their first overall pick because they want to be in the position to take the player that they want. They don't want to wait number four to see what the Giants do, what the now the Jets do. They, they're yeah. going to take their opportunity. They, they're they going to draft who they want.
0: What I think this means with the Jets going third, because one, they would have had to give up so much to get that number one pick from Cleveland. I think that they like, you know, two or three of the quarterbacks. I'd agree with you. And they're willing to take whoever's left. I think they're, they probably have them ranked in order, but whatever, they're cool with whoever falls to them. And, you know, you got Josh McCown on a $10 million contract, which at first was tough to stomach because most likely – He's going to be your backup quarterback to either Teddy Bridgewater, or whoever they draft. They said
1: they're going to have him start, though. Who knows at what the that beginning means? Of the it's year. March at the but... beginning
0: of the year. Yeah, they're going to say he's the starter. Um, you know, that's I. But they also said the same thing two years ago with Geno Smith before he got his jaw broken, and Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> had a great year, which earned him a second year of a con- a second contract that. Ended up being shit, but still, that year was great. They always say that the guy that they're familiar with is the guy that's going to start. Right. So, and you it know, takes
1: pressure off Bridgewater too, who's still coming back from that horrible yeah. injury. He's thrown two passes in two years.
0: I think. I think five million dollars for Bridgewater when he got ninety million dollars in cap space, and um, the other ten million dollars from McCown is not that bad. It was tough to stomach at the beginning, but you know. You got the cap space, you got to use it, you might as well use it. I think they might go after, they also got Tremaine Johnson, which I'm really happy with. That that was a good signing. That shores up the secondary. They have two of the best young safeties in football that they drafted last year. They also re-signed Morris Claiborne, who is an impact, really good lockdown corner when he plays. When he plays is... He's got a lot of an injury history, but when he plays, he's a very good corner. And Tremaine Johnson, at the time, is a lockdown kind of guy. I just don't think the Rams wanted to pay him because he's young and he's good, so they wanted to go a little bit older and pay a little bit less with Tlaib. Um... So, yeah, and, well, they also got Peters as well. So that's, that's right. a good that's a good defensive. That's good for where the Rams are because they're trying to win now and within the next three years. The Jets are trying to build something, and that's why they went after younger players for a little bit more money with that cap space that they got. Um,
1: and on top of that, too, is the Jets are not getting any soon. of
0: the top – tier
1: quarterbacks. No. Cousins never had intention of signing with them. You know that no, not you at know all. that LA wanted wanted Keenum. He didn't want to have to deal with another drafted Denver? quarterback. Denver, I'm sorry yep. about that. Yep. So I, I think the Jets are in a decent spot. If you can have McCown and Bridgewater and Tudor, or Tudor uh, you know the next
0: quarterback. Yeah, definitely. That's gonna I be a good situation that. for them. I, and I think, you know, they still have a lot of money to play with. They could go after a guy like Sue. You know, give him a two-year deal, you know, so-and-so much guaranteed. Because at this point, they just have the money to spend. And, you know, maybe they could sneak into that wild card spot if their defense is just that good yep. between him and Leonard Williams. Yeah, no
1: reason to sit on that money if you have it and there's still some impact players Absolutely. out
0: there. Absolutely. I'm interested to see. I'm really excited for the draft. I'm interested to see what happens. But, yeah, um, I guess we could jump into a few more um, things uh, broader in the NFL. I mean, the Jets – I'm excited to see what they do. You know, I may come on here and right after the draft and be livid with the decision that they made. But right now... Are you used to that, though? Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> and it, it, right now it's a wait-and-see thing, you know. I'm glad that they're actually going to go for a, a quarterback that, uh, that the experts are saying can be an NFL quarterback instead of wasting a third round pick on Bryce Petty where everybody said you know everybody and their mother knew he wasn't going to be anything and the same thing with Hackenberg you know they went well, this a is Pagano's
1: opportunity that. now to make up for those two because you didn't sit at 6 because I'm bet at 6 there still would have been a quarterback available it would be Baker Mayfield right? and it's like now they're in the position to take one of the guys they want
0: Baker Mayfield's probably gonna to go to the Saints and he's probably gonna be a decent player, but with the Jets I think he would have fizzled out quick and not been a great player because he's not the type of player to to build the franchise around. He's just an asset, you know. Like he needs to have He's good not in the same around. class that you would put the other three. Exactly. Um so yeah, let's just jump into a few other things that are uh, in the NFL right now. Um
1: obviously the cousins I think that cousins free agent signing that was a watershed moment in the league To get a fully guaranteed contract I mean
0: listen I think people are making a lot bigger of a deal about it Than it really is Just because When you have a rookie contract And you draft a quarterback first overall Or whatever you sign, Most of the quarterback deals Are a majority guaranteed Because you're not going to cut the guy In the first three years So Most likely not You know like uh, Whoever gets drafted first overall At quarterback Whoever You know like Jameis Winston's first deal the, off the top of my head, a quarterback that was drafted first overall. Did they cut him? No. A majority of his deal he's got in the bank or whatever, it was given to him. It was paid out. But I do agree. I think, you know, players, when you look at an NFL contract and it's 100 million but $30 million guaranteed, okay, that's a $30 million contract. This is an $86 million contract, which is huge. Yeah, well. I, the- I agree, but I just think that people are overreacting a little bit just because, for the most part with quarterbacks, when you see a contract, that dollar amount is usually Pretty close to what's paid out.
1: No, I'd agree. I mean, I think what made it amazing is there was a lot of different situations that happened with the cousins deal because seldom does a quarterback, a very highly productive quarterback in their prime, become available on the free agent market. Thank you
0: Washington Redskins, exactly. For being yep. Incompetent as fuck.
1: They, they are probably one of. I mean, they're not probably. They are one of the worst organizations as far as how they run their yeah, team. We
0: could rank them right now. I'd probably say it's number one. Browns. They can't do
1: anything right. Number two, they can't do Red anything Kings. right. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. I
1: mean, they got Alex Smith, but whatever. I mean, I think the biggest situation here is when you look at Cousins. Is that team is loaded? They've made a lot of really good signings. Sheldon Richardson signed up to play on that defense yep, as well. well. But you know, this situation with Cousins is it was a three year deal, and I think the way they look at it is he could hit another big. He could hit another big time free agent deal at the conclusion of this. And yeah. If they get a Super Bowl out of it, even if he, you know, gets hurt the next year. And they have to pay him every cent of that I deal. Mean, it's it wouldn't
0: matter because, yeah, Minnesota—if they got a Super Bowl, they would pay him 150 million. Exactly. Million. They don't care. they, they that's and He's a, used to being franchised. That's a so troubled that franchise, again. right there. Exactly. So you know, yeah, I'm sure if, if something happened like that and he had to play under the tag, he would do it, especially because he finally feels like he's wanted or Barkwood's, well, whatever you want to say, because a team gave him the major deal that. I guess he deserved.
1: No, he definitely deserved it. I think he he got a you know didn't have some of the best performances in big games. Um, but to be fair, I mean that franchise as we just articulated is so poorly run. It doesn't seem like they give him the. Security or any kind of real talent around him uh, to make it seem like they're going to do anything yeah. in the playoffs if they terrible,
0: get Terrible, terrible offensive line, and I mean they really didn't put too many weapons around him. Besides Terrell Pryor, I guess he had an agent. His entire offensive Jackson. line was hurt this year. Yeah, no, and I mean, he threw for four thousand yards. He's, he's, he's. I don't, I don't know if he's a winner, whatever you want to call him. But he puts up the numbers. And I don't what think else he's been in
1: add? a situation. No, I agree. He hasn't been in the situation where you can label him yet. Yeah. Because the teams that he has played in big moments and hasn't won were far superior teams. Yeah. So, elsewhere on the quarterback carousel, we had Case Keenum going to Denver. You know Elway wanted that veteran quarterback. Yeah, I he think would. he'll play yeah. well there. I
0: mean, for, for the first time since, I guess, Peyton Manning, Denver doesn't have a quarterback competition. They're going in. They know he's the starter, and a sidebar to that, I think the Vikings getting Trevor Simeon as a backup, God forbid Keenum gets hurt, is great, because he's not the type of quarterback that you saw it last year. You're talking he, about Denver. No, uh, Trevor Simeon was traded from, oh, i just correct. going back yep. to the Vikings. Gotcha, gotcha, He was traded. I think he's a great backup quarterback because in short three-game clips, He's he's a, he's a really good game manager, and he can win you games. But when it comes to a full season, he gets beat up too much, so he's your perfect backup quarterback. Yep,
1: and a seventh-round pick, those are not usually the guys that you want leading exactly. your franchise. Exactly. I think
0: it was a good deal for both teams. And I like I said, with Denver, going back to Denver, um, it's good that they finally have a quarterback going into camp for the first time since their Super Bowl year that they know is their starter, and they don't have to worry about You know, who's our quarterback? Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, fucking Brock Osweiler, who already robbed them blind once. Um, You know, so it's good because in the right system – he can he can win games. Well, look at what he did with Minnesota this year. Do it was I think a defensive-driven team, and he yeah. was phenomenal Do this I think year. they're going to win a Super Bowl? No, I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Maybe they'll be a wild-card team. I don't know. I'm, on this podcast, I'll probably say every fucking team is going to be a wild-card <laughs> team. But... I mean, I think that he, it was a great deal for them because they didn't want to mortgage a first their first-round pick on a quarterback. And, and they didn't have to break the bank for Cousins. Exactly, exactly. And how happy are
1: you that you don't have to see Sam Bradford play for the Jets because he signed that deal with the play Cardinals? Play is a very
0: strong word. You mean <laughs> fucking stand in, on the sidelines in sweatpants and collect a check. That's it. $20 million. Let me hire his agent right now for whatever job I have. He must be able to fucking sell salt to a slug this How guy.
1: How is he able to continue to get his upside paid for? I mean, wh- his upside is not Out, even a uh, thing anymore. He's been yeah. for 10 when years. When you're 90
0: years old, do you still have upside in life? No, you're about well, to fucking die. that's what I'm die. wondering. Exactly. He's 90 <laughs> he's years old in NFL years. I mean... The guy continues he's got to, burn to get burn huge on his knees He can barely walk. He's good for one game a year. He, the first game of the season, I bet you the fucking Cardinals, if they play on Monday night or whenever, they're going to win by 30. And then the next game, you're going to find out that he's out for the rest of the year because he twisted his knee the wrong way on a throw.
1: Yeah, and it's also hard, too, because it seems like even when he's walking around the facility, he stubs his toe and he's out yeah, eight weeks. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't think that the Cardinals had much else going on. They knew they weren't going to get one of the top quarterbacks, and they had to allow for a veteran to sign, and they had money just like the Jets did to throw at him. But I think the Jets are in a better situation with the way the quarterback market wound up because you got a guy in McCown who threw for 70% completion, thirty or 3,000 yards rather, good mentor. Obviously, he's yeah. had every single the offensive coach part, in the entire league. The best part about McCown, and I was reading this
0: on um, a couple websites, um, is that... He doesn't. He doesn't need that many reps because he's been. He's he knows the system. He's been a starter for so long. He's very experienced. Um, so the fact is, during practice and stuff, there's only so many reps that each quarterback can get. That means if McCown doesn't need any reps, even if he's the starter, that means Bridgewater can get a lot of reps. Who hasn't? Who's played one? Bridgewater's down in, two in years. a good spot too because and the rookie able... that they're gonna draft can get the rest of the reps. Yep. which means. They're going to get better, and McCowan is not it's not going to be too big of a minus for him not to get reps, which is why I'm glad they re-signed him because it's just like he can lead a team. Is he going to lead a team to a Super Bowl? No, but the Jets don't expect to win a Super Bowl, so no, it wasn't a bad all. signing.
1: And the good thing for Bridgewater is if he does win that competition, he's going to be incredibly motivated to not only show that he can be productive, but just actually play, and as a 25-year-old quarterback, who was supposed to be on the rise before that catastrophic knee injury? I mean, he
0: made a Pro Bowl the year before that. Exactly. So, so he, he, not
1: like I, he, he, if he plays well for you guys, it's a it's a he bonus. He's shown it
0: on the field. It's not like it's just like oh, he was this talent at Louisville and then he immediately got hurt. Oh no, he's he shown, shown he's a very he led competent the team to NFL the player before that. Yeah. So I mean, I think it was a great signing for the Jets because what's the worst that can happen? He, you cut him. Right, and if he plays Uh, great, you could
1: always franchise him if you don't feel like your rookie quarterback is ready.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you hope he is if
1: you just drafted third.
0: The Jets are finally making some competent decisions, which – from their their very recent pass to their far recent pass is all I can ask. Yeah, as a Gen point, fan, you I have was, to just the, want... One thing I was disappointed about was that they didn't go harder after Allen Robinson. They have so much money to spend. The guy's 24, 25 years old. I know he's coming off an ACL, but... You, they need a. They need another wide receiver because Robbie Anderson. We've already had this argument. He might never be on the team again. It's pro. That's how it's looking like. Anunua has a neck injury, so I know they put the draft pick attached to him, so they're probably going to keep him. But you know, you don't know with, with a neck injury in football how how a player is going to yeah, respond there, to that. there's no guarantee. With so that. and they got um, Jermaine Hurst in that Seattle deal, which is looking better and better. For every second that Sheldon Richardson is on this earth, and there's opportunities who to sign with the Vikings, yeah, but he was horrible. There's last opportunities too throughout turn,
1: this throughout this off and the draft to they draft a wide receiver. turned Sheldon
0: Richardson essentially, if you think about it, into Jermaine Curse, who can be a good number three, number two wide receiver, and a, a, a major pick in the, who could be their franchise quarterback. So that was that was a great deal, and I think everything started last year with the Jets getting better. Listen they
1: need to change the culture jet fans are ready uh, they every move that they make that looks like they're t- they're not going to just sit back and make the same redundant
0: defensive linemen decisions and over and sign over some again washed up quarterback. And
1: you know what? Even if they the quarterback that they pick doesn't pan out, you can't hate this move as a Jet fan.
0: No. Cuz you got to you got to take the guy at some point because then you're going to end up being the Cleveland Browns. Next year it's going to be our guy. Look at this quarterback class next year. Well, when is next year or this year? And that's why I'm glad they made this move. And hopefully they have the the scouts and whoever else they need to figure out who the right guy is because you know, I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing it's next year is the quarterback class that you want to be in. Yeah, this year was supposed to be
1: the best quarterback class since the 83-1, and already there's been some doubts about these quarterbacks, but listen, there, it's, a, it's a very inexact science.
0: Yeah, I mean, the best quarterback in the draft was Watson. Right. You know, and he got drafted, what, 12, 11th, 12? He was 11th by the Texans. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what Sammy Watkins, if he can stay healthy, can do with Mahomes, who supposedly throws the greatest deep ball of all time. I am interested to see. That was another interesting signing. He got signed for $16 million. These guys are robbing these, these GMs blind. I don't Listen, understand it. The it, NFL, it's like they should go talk to Major League Baseball right now.
1: It's amazing how different these free agencies are, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, baseball was the one changing, where all huh? the
0: money came from. Yeah.
1: Now, now these pitchers as we as we highlighted on last week's episode are not getting deals and Alex you're getting
0: Cobb. Alex Cobb is another guy who five years ago he would have signed within the first week of free agency to to five years 140 million there you go exactly and now he's you know looking for a job but there. these
1: wide receivers and these NFL players understand that if they have a unique explosive talent on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball teams are continuing things, to could, go. things could go one of players. two ways with Sammy
0: Watkins He can be in incredible shape, and next year he could have a Pro Bowl year, or he could come in fat and slow and out of shape and be hurt by Game 3 and everybody's saying, what a waste of money that was. But that's going to be a very interesting offense at Kansas City. Mahomes, you know, I mean, Andy Reid is a quarterback whisperer, supposedly, and he's got a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Not a great person, but a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, probably the second best tight end in football. And then you got now Sammy Watkins, who's your big wide receiver. You yep. they, they didn't have a big wide receiver. They tried to make it Macklin two years ago. Uh, I think he was playing Hurt the whole year. You remember Kenny Britt? Of course, there's a lot
1: of comparisons between Wat- or Watkins and Kenny Britt. I can
0: see that because the guy is, is you keep in waiting for him to hit, hit that level of startup talent, and he just and doesn't do yeah, it exactly consistently. You know, I mean, Kenny Britt was on the Patriots this year for a little bit, but uh, I know could have had a ring.
1: Yep, yeah, people were always comparing him or saying how great he was going to be, and yep, they kept waiting yep. for his upside, and I feel like the same thing is with uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and,
0: you know, I think it's just going to end up with Sammy Watkins being that he's never in shape. I mean, he looks fat out there, honestly. Not not that I'm in the best shape. Well, there's the a river, reason why certain fat. teams cut, keep
1: cutting these guys, and then but there only has to be one dumb GM to exactly, sign him to an $18 million dollar deal.
0: I don't understand it. But, you know, the last signing that I think is um, a little interesting is – It it was a blip. It was a minor thing. Nobody will really notice it, but Tom Savage getting signed by the Saints, he can sit behind Drew Brees for two years after being in that mess in Houston. I mean, Deshaun Watson's clearly a great quarterback, but I think Savage, I think after sitting behind Drew Brees for two years, if he has any semblance of talent he might end up being something yeah
1: and especially when you have uh sean payton there i mean he's he is a really great offensive mind he's always done well with quarterbacks and like you said having breeze there learning from him and finally being in a consistent system yeah and not
0: not being you know jerked around and saying all right you're our starter and then next week this guy's our starter he knows he's going to be the backup quarterback for at least two years, and then maybe it's his time and maybe he's ready instead of you're the starter, you're not the starter, this, that, whatever. Now he knows it's time to study, it's time to watch how one of the best quarterbacks of all time has done it. And then, I mean, he's more talented than Drew Brees. He's got a bigger arm. He's taller. I mean, he brought, maybe he, maybe he can figure it out.
1: Yeah, there's a chance. I think the last free agent move that I want to talk about, and I think you'd agree, is man, I tell you, the Packers are really not making Aaron Rodgers happy. If you remember, they fired their quarterback coach. They just got rid of. They just got rid of Jordy Nelson. That's I, Rodgers' boy.
0: I don't. I don't really know if I completely agree because, I mean,
1: if you're Jimmy Graham let, is a nice signing, but Jimmy Graham is a
0: little soft. I think he's soft, and I mean. He's, it's like two different players from New Orleans to, to um, Seattle. I, I think Seattle misused him a little bit, although he had a great year last year. If you no, look at the he, did. Numbers, he did. He um, did. But then I think with Jordy Nelson, I think, especially on the Raiders, when you're not playing with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, uh, you're going to notice that he's not as good of a wide receiver. There as was
1: a lot of comparisons between him and some of those Patriot quarterbacks that left New England, or uh, wide receivers that left New England. Yeah, and on
0: top of that, I think, you know, Coming off the injury, I, I I don't think he's as good of a wide receiver as he once was, and this is one of those things where you know maybe next year, maybe mid mid season, um you're gonna the Packers fans are gonna be saying wow like you know I really love Jordy thanks for your time here but. I'm glad we got rid of him early instead of late.
1: Well, the reason I wanted to highlight it wasn't so much because of the player personnel decision. I certainly can understand why you go I for a giant. I understand what you're saying
0: because they, you're going to piss off Aaron Rodgers. Well, but Aaron you know what they're going to do? They're going to give Aaron Rodgers $120 million guaranteed, and he's going to play for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers just seems
1: like he's one of those guys, though, that he doesn't get. he's not happy when some people make decisions that, are not popular with him, and he loved him some Jordy Nelson.
0: No, he did, he did. Um, But you know what? It's like, what are you going to do? Your options are go to another team, retire, or take the brink's truck of money that they're going to back up to you. And they know that, especially after this Kirk Cousins deals. He's licking his chops because he's the best quarterback in the league. He's probably got five to six good years left Barring the shoulder thing, but I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue for him. And he's going to get, like I said, $120 million guaranteed for four years, you know? So, yeah, they got rid of Jordy, but maybe they'll pick up another wide receiver that'll make him happy. Yeah, They have Adams, who, I mean, as long as he can stay out of the concussion protocol was great last year he made he he was head and shoulders above jordy nelson they have ty montgomery who's a dynamic player probably not a running back we don't know but they actually have a running game right now between jones and ty montgomery jones looked great oh no he did yeah, he came. I on think late Aaron and Jones. I think great. they found their running back of, of for the next three years, and now they have Jimmy Jimmy Graham, who can block a little bit. He can block more than some other tight ends like Kelsey, Evan Ingram, da da da, and he's he's still you know can still go up and get it. So I think you know. Like last year, I think it's better than last year when they signed Martellus Bennett. uh, Oh, that was a horrible decision. And everybody's like, "Well, he finally, Aaron Rodgers finally has a tight end." Yeah, rewind it five years when he was on the Bears and he finally has a tight end, but he he had a broken down. um, He failed the physical and still played. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. That's my point. Jimmy Graham's younger. He he's coming off a great year last year. Not. Three years ago. Right. So I think you can get one to two good years out of Jimmy Graham and then figure it out from there. And we'll see what they do in the draft. There's some good tight ends in the draft as well.
1: I just think it's unbelievable how deep the NFC is. I, you could put three teams from basically every division and say they're playoff teams.
0: Yeah. No, I, I especially, you know, the East is, is looking, you know, besides the Redskins, it's looking like it's – I think the Giants are going to have a good year coming back. The Cowboys are going to be competing for, for the title, and the Eagles just retooled.
1: Oh, they've gotten even better since they won last month. Yeah,
0: no, they have. And the
1: NFC South put out three teams this past year into the postseason. Yep. You got you got the Rams, and I still think the Seahawks are going to be relevant, and the 49ers have made a lot There's of upgrades. There's some moves
0: to be made. The Seahawks may go out and get Sue. Sue looks like one of those guys where he's a mercenary. He's going to take whoever gives them the most money. I could see Sue playing for, for one of two teams. Cowboys or Seahawks? Yeah,
1: the Cowboys make a lot of sense. I could definitely see him there.
0: He's like, he's not a good guy. It's just typical. Oh, he, fit, Cowboys. he fits
1: the Cowboys mold perfectly. Yeah,
0: Jerry Jones calling him son and all this. Bullshit Whatever I you could know the, totally see You that.
1: know the next time That we talk too There's going to be A lot more moves made He's probably going to sign Probably with one of those Two teams Yep And um, yeah. you know The free agent carousel Just keep going There's a lot of moves To be made And Another especially move around draft mean, day Just yeah. real quick Around draft day too that's when a lot of other moves happen, big time trades and and other signings. So
0: definitely, I, I and I think that uh, an irrelevant signing. But when I'm as a Jets fan, I'm glad they didn't go after as Muhammad Wilkerson. I mean, you don't he want was bet? trash last year. I do not want him back, nor do I want Sheldon Richardson back. I'm glad they're out of there and that Leonard Williams is the face of that defense now, along with Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Um, I think they're going to have a really—I think, think they have, like, a top-five defense. Oh, right I agree. Here.
1: And as we were talking about before, it's a time for a culture change with, New, with the New York Jets. It's yeah. no longer the same bad guys making excuses, letting them play. Muhammad Wilkerson, once he got paid— he, put forth he was no a different player. was done. Yeah, exactly. He was done. Sheldon Richardson, even before like he got paid, was like that. When you have a young, dynamic defense, because that's just a toxic mentality that gets passed on to the younger guys.
0: Absolutely, yep. I completely agree with you. So that covered a
1: good amount of the NFL.
0: You want to talk a little draft, what you think is going to happen? I mean, i, I Well,
1: why don't I'm we just confused, talk about our two but... teams right now? And we'll, and Jets, we'll, we'll get more into it as the weeks go on. Jets,
0: I think it's slightly obvious what they're going to do. Not slightly, but like 100% obvious. They're going to take a quarterback because...
1: Do you have a preference with who it would be, just from everything that you've seen and read and heard?
0: I think Josh Allen gets more and more interesting by the day. I mean, he's got a big arm. He's four. A
1: lot of Carson Wentz comparisons, Sam
0: Darnold, I watched a couple of USC games. He threw a lot of docs. And when, really and as good. we've
1: discussed, when is a USC quarterback done a whole lot in the NFL? Yeah, no, exactly. Carson already, Palmer's probably the best, and that's we've already for done that. Been there, done that <laughs> exactly. with uh,
0: Mark Sanchez. Carson Palmer is the best USC quarterback, like ever. Oh yeah, to play in the NFL. No doubt. Um, you know, I don't know Rosen. He doesn't have any of the measurables, and you know, Josh Allen shined before, during, and after the combine. So he seems to be the leading guy. Where, you know, I I guess he has some accuracy problems, but that could be adjusted. But, yeah, the Jets are definitely going to go quarterback. My preference is Allen. Because if the Jets just traded up to number three and they take anybody besides a quarterback, I don't think there's even an explanation for it. No, there can't be, right? Because you can't take the defensive end, Chubb, when you don't have a quarterback, which is the most important position in the NFL. Unless you can tell me... A hundred percent that you think Teddy Bridgewater is what he was before. And if you and do, you then
1: why'd you sign him to a one-year deal? Well, lock him up if you think he's going to be that exactly, guy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean. So there,
0: I think there's a 99.9 percent chance that they take a quarterback. That
1: move was made with the intention of taking a quarterback. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's let's go to something that's you can speculate a little bit more on. What do you think about the Giants? Are they going to take Barkley? Are they going to take the offensive lineman out of Notre Dame? Are they going to take Chubb? What are they going to do?
1: I tell you right now, it, this is or such, a quarterback. This is such an interesting spot to be in because you can make a case for just about anything although the more i've thought about it i just can't see why you would how you can take saquon barkley at 2 because the thing is is you hope you're never in this position again drafting second yeah you're going to have a chance with, to take with... to take the next quarterback they're apparent to Eli. Exactly. And even if you believe Eli's your guy, you don't have to start the number two quarterback. Yeah, and
0: with running backs, like you're not going to get a player as great as Shaquan Barkley later in the draft or an undrafted free agent. But the difference between our, an undrafted running back and Shaquan Barkley, the margin of that is a lot closer than the the number two overall pick at quarterback and the undrafted quarterback that is a third stringer for his entire life and just collecting a paycheck
1: exactly so here's the way I look at it the Nate Soldier signing they definitely overpaid for him but they had to have Absolutely. a left tackle they had to have a left tackle I
0: watched too much Patriots football and I think what you're going to come to realize is he's not as great of an offensive lineman as 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 you're you good pay. for a hold a game yeah. But could
1: you be because possibly any worse than what Eric Flowers was? No. No. that's so. And possible. on top of that, too, is he was protecting Tom Brady's blind side, who's a quarterback of the same mold that Eli Manning is. Yeah. No old, immobile, needs time in the pocket. So you know that you're going to get protection there. They signed the Absolutely, offensive yeah. guard from Jacksonville. I like that signing a lot. Paid a lot. Yeah, paid a lot. But you know what? you got this offensive line was absolute trash for the last two years. And one of the most horrific things that I could possibly see as a Giant fan is seeing Eli running for his life, throwing the ball into the offensive lineman's feet. Because oh, the, yeah.
0: Or, or the when defensive he feels, line was in
1: his lap well, the right you, time he got the ball. And
0: Eli, when he gets pressured like that and you see the sack numbers go up, you can see that he changes as a quarterback more than any other quarterback yeah. I've ever seen and there's only that, so much that played more at more a high body level. Can take. Because what you can see is... Eli starts to try and guess when the pressure's coming, and he'll just, nobody will touch him, and if he feels it or he thinks he feels it because he's been pressured so much that season, he'll just go down. Yep. Like, to try and save himself from getting injured, I understand why he's doing it. But he'll just go down, and it will be like, Eli, what the fuck? You had another second and a half, and so-and-so was about to break on their route and get open. But he, mentally, he thinks that he's about to get hit, so he just goes down.
1: Quentin Nelson is a very intriguing pick because he's by far the best offensive lineman in this draft. Yeah. You could take Absolutely. him at two. The thing is, though, is that... If you're gonna take him now, especially with the Jets moving up to three, you know Buffalo needs that next quarterback, and they've been trying yeah. to trade that, up like crazy.
0: They're gonna, they're gonna. What happens is Buffalo is gonna have to get. They're probably trying to lowball somebody,
1: and they're gonna end up giving up. What I'm Buffalo. saying though is that you can get, you can take Quentin Nelson maybe four, maybe fifth. You could take him fifth.
0: Do so you think the Giants might they, trade if back? If they
1: don't take, if they don't That'd have a quarterback really that they want. And the guy that they have to have. Not a guy that that Cleveland doesn't take. It has to be their guy. If he's available, you take him. If he's not, you trade back, get more assets. They need another cornerback. Eli Apple's time in New York has to be done. Unless do Gettleman can do some kind of reverse psychology on him. And do you miss he... your
0: old GM? Are you wishing he made this pick? No, I do not miss Jerry Reese <laughs> even a little bit.
1: But it be, especially when yeah, the Odell. Giants just he got picked Odell. Yeah, that's great. Anybody <laughs> could pick Odell at that point in the draft.
0: That's true.
1: Um, no, you just have they finally addressed a, a great linebacker too with the trade for Ogletree. So positions that the Giants have Alec ignored. Ogletree
0: is going to be great. I think he's going to have a the Giants game. have he had a really bad positions. year last year in LA. But I think he's going to have a the good,
1: Giants have ignored positions year. such as tight end, linebacker, and they've whiffed on cornerback picks. And the Giants have a lot of holes to fill. If you don't believe that quarterback that you have to have is available, then you trade back, get as many assets as you possibly can, build around Eli, Who give is Davis the Webb they drafted?
0: Oh, Davis Webb, that's it, yeah. Because
1: then what I'm saying is is if you take away the top four quarterbacks in this draft, really three, because I think we're in, in agreement that Baker Mayfield is not in that same tier, what you have to do then is I would put Baker
0: Mayfield... Not with that three, but then put him, like, right before Lamar Jackson.
1: I think then, yeah, and I think that's fair. You have to then compare what do you think Davis Webb is with that next tier of quarterbacks in this draft. If you think he's as good, then you keep him and try to develop him as your next guy. If not, you can always take Lamar Jackson in the number two pick. They're going to have the second pick in the second round. I bet he's probably available by then. You could do that too. So they're going to have options at quarterback if they don't go number two. They just better take the guy, just like they did with Eli in 04, that they believe is going to be the quarterback of the franchise for the next 10 to 15 years.
0: All right. So I think that's enough NFL talk for now. There was a lot the that draft, happened, though. The draft is when? A month away-ish?
1: Yeah, April 28th, I believe, is the first night. So, so yeah, we're
0: looking about a month month and a week maybe. Yep. So, but with
1: this week of free agent signings, how do we not make that a huge segment, of right? Of course.
0: And Well, no, yeah, and the Jets – the Jets trade threw a huge wrinkle into that. Absolutely. So we kind of buried the lead here. Let's but what, talk month, about, what month is it? It's March. Nothing's been happening though. Right? Nothing
1: really. Yeah, Maybe just, just a couple college crazy. basketball games. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you know what? This has been. I think this proves that there isn't a truly great team, or there wasn't yet in college basketball. But the the upsets we said that a couple times on this show yeah. before, before. The we upsets have started. been the upsets have been pretty uh, interesting. Um, so I guess we want. Do you want to go in order of when they happen, or do you just want to lead off with UVA because that's I think we should just lead off? How with do UVA. we
1: not lead off with the first sixteen ever beating a one, and not just beating? But that was
0: an. Ass-kicking. All right, so when watching that game, because I re-watched it. Unfortunately, I was out to dinner. I missed a, a little bit of it. But the Retrievers seemed to have control of that game from the absolute beginning of the second half. First half, it was a close game. Then I go in to watch the second half. And the way Virginia's defense is, is designed is to dare you to shoot the three. Yep. And they came out and smacked Virginia in the mouth, and for a team that just a week ago won the ACC tournament, they looked like they didn't know what the fuck just hit them.
1: What's interesting about Virginia is they play a very defensive game. So when they got down by increasingly 6, exactly. 8, 10, you knew they, it was don't have, they, they don't have the possessions.
0: They yeah. don't, you don't have the possess- possessions in Virginia games. And what happened was, after they freak out because of the threes, then they start playing up on guys, and you're getting dunks galore from the retrievers because now they're blown by, and Virginia's going against their game plan that has helped them win games all year. They only lost three games this season. It's That's tough a historic to... year. It is. And then what happens is instead of guys like Kyle Guy and all the other players on that team doing what they do, they're taking bad threes... And you know what, it was just... Well, they're trying to do what they're you not play, meant to if do. You play, if you play a three-game series, a five-game series, seven-game series, I think that UNBC gets one win. But this is the tournament, and this is what happens. That's what makes the one-and-done so great. Exactly, and that coach had a perfect game plan. They they, they hit the shots that they needed to, and then they did exactly what they had to do, which was go to the basket, once Virginia, because Virginia plays the paint. They don't let you come in there, and they dare you to shoot the three because they figure it's a numbers game. They're not going to hit it. Well, guess what? UNBC shot above 50% for three for that game. They had a really high field goal percentage. And then, you know what? When they started contesting the three, they did the right thing, which is blow right by him, go to the basket, and get a couple easy dunks.
1: They looked so comfortable playing that game.
0: And, and it was crazy because the team that should be looking comfortable is Virginia. And they looked like... They didn't know what hit them for a team that just won the ACC tournament and had one of the best years we've seen in a really long time in the ACC. They didn't look like they knew what to do. And you can't say that Hunter, their their freshman phenom who's going to play in the NBA someday, you can't say maybe he would have made a small impact. But losing by twenty, you can't say he was the reason why. Oh no, not even. I adjusted close. my bracket when he when he went out. I took them out of the championship game. I still had them going to the final four. I had them winning when I didn't know he was hurt. I took them out and I put Gonzaga in. But I didn't obviously. I didn't think that they were. I thought they were going to go to the final four still. I was
1: stubborn. I kept them in. I I analyzed that loss of of uh, of their player. But I tell you what. I mean, how how do you not think that they're still because they're playing some of the top competition in the country. Every in the ACC, every game.
0: And, you so, know, it's just, I don't know, their their head coach, uh, he's going to have that, like, he's going to have a black mark next to his name until he can get to the Final Four now because that's tough. And you know that those guys coming back next year, Hunter, Guy, the rest of them that aren't seniors, you know, if they're a top three seed, they're going to be shitting a brick when they have to play because that's something that affects you for a long time when you're the first team ever First number one, number one over, not just the number one seed. Yeah, the number one the overall seed in the team tournament. The team in the country loses to, you know, the worst team in the committee's eyes. And the way,
1: and you said it perfectly, too, it wasn't the fact that they just lost. They're going to have this going over their head into yeah. next year by the fact they lost by 20 to you a can call 16 seed. You
0: can call it a bad matchup, call it what you want. They you got can't call smacked. it a bad matchup. They you, got can't got
1: call the, you can't smacked. call
0: that. Oh no, yeah. They they got smacked. They just, that's that's a once in a however many years college basketball has been being played game right They've there.
1: They've been doing the 64 teams, I know we have 68 now, but it, we, I think a lot of college basketball fans still consider it a tournament of 64. It's like of 64. the wild card thing, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it's been happening since uh, 1983 first time still that a 16s ever beaten a 1 yep. and this could be the only time a 16 ever beats a 1 for another 20 years whatever
0: yep. we could be dead the next time absolutely i one. mean
1: it was insane and i think that was really what turned the tournament upside down obviously but the night before the arizona wildcats get bounced by buffalo
0: yeah that that game was pretty crazy too i mean like i said earlier they just didn't um you know, they, they couldn't fucking inbound the ball to the best player on one of the better teams. And I have to go back to the Virginia thing. You know, Tony Bennett said it perfectly, who's their head coach. He said, when you walk in that building, you got to be ready for anything to happen. Yeah. And he handled it with class. He, But he's going to have a black mark next to their name forever. But... Anything can happen on any given day. That's why it's March that's, Madness. And we love walk, this tournament. When you walk in the building for that game, you could lose. For that's sure. The way Especially,
1: it is. and the most dangerous thing is being a team that's playing tight when you're playing against a team that has absolutely nothing to lose.
0: Exactly. And this makes it more interesting, in my opinion. sucks for Virginia, but now any 16 seed can look back at this and say, we can do it, and coaches are going to use that to motivate their team. You may see this – you're not going to see it often, but you may see this happen again just based off that.
1: Was there a team happier than Kentucky
0: with oh, these man. upsets going down? No, no, definitely not. Maybe – Because
1: when the seedings came out and they were a five, they had by far the hardest road to get to the final Kentucky four.
0: looks great, by the way. There's oh, they two looked teams awesome. that I'm going to say look great, and Kentucky's one of them. I'll tell the other one later. Well, yes, Duke. I was kind of buried the lead there, but <laughs> Duke – is going to win the national title. I'm saying it right now. They are going to win the national title. I have them winning in my bracket. Grayson Allen is looking like uh, looking like a different player right now. The way he's slinging those skip passes around, getting into the lane. And, you know, he was playing a good URI team, and he looked great. Bagley looked great. Wendell Carter had some mean post moves down there. And that's not even to mention their other two guards, the two freshmen. For their names, you know, leave me right now. But they look great.
1: They do, and and another team that looks great too. I'm is Villanova. not a Duke fan
0: by any means, but I'm calling it. They're yeah. gonna win the night. Villanova looks pretty oh, fantastic Duke Light? too. Oh, You mean Duke Light?
1: <laughs> Villanova looks really freaking good. So, I mean, you have a couple powerhouses that have.
0: Let's go back just to Arizona. Straight
1: out though, and looked as good as they have all regular season. Let's talk
0: about some upsets first. Let's go back to Arizona. So, when I watched that game. I wanted to rip the hair out of my head because, first of all, um, like they, they just can't make an entry pass. I don't get it. And they when I watched them against Oregon, I said this on the podcast, give it to him in the post. Why can't you guys put it in the fucking post? Like, How hard is it to throw a bounce pass to a guy that's twice as big as their biggest player? He has 13 points. I think, too, is when you
1: watch Buffalo play and teams of that nature.
0: Buffalo wanted to run the whole time. But that
1: there is something to be said. I feel the same way with teams like URI, when, especially when they beat Oklahoma, is there's something to be said for these teams that are starting all juniors and seniors who have been playing together for three and four years. Because, you know what, A, they don't have the pressure on them that Arizona has, but they have the continuity. I they completely play a agree crisp, with you, but solid brand have of basketball. you have
0: you ever looked at DeAndre Ayton on television next to Buffalo's tallest? Oh no, I agree. Athletically, he's a freak. Give him fucking He's a freak, he's a freak compared to even ball. some of the
1: best competition in all the major top five. Conferences. In the NBA,
0: he's yeah. a freak. He looks like Shaq he's back a beast. in the day. You gotta be able to. They should. They should have spent. Sean Miller should, instead of paying, worrying about who's gonna pay next, should have spent maybe a week just working on inbounds passes. Went around campus, grabbed the tallest, longest fucking people. Said, "Hey, you want a pay, free pair of sneakers and hundred bucks? Come play defense on him for ten <laughs> minutes. We're just gonna throw him entry passes. That's all we're gonna do." Had they been able to enter the game into the post, he had. Double-doubles galore, although it was a double, double. so He had 20-plus point double-doubles against much better competition. And this was another game that wasn't
1: really close.
0: No. At all. Nope.
1: They t- Buffalo ran away in the second half. Sean
0: Miller, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think he might have coached his last game at Arizona.
1: That is a fireable offense, especially with everything else going on. Yeah. Because it wasn't like they lost on a buzzer beater. They looked ill-prepared to play that game. As you said, they couldn't throw an inbound pass. They just didn't look like they had any when fight, I say any heart Because I've
0: said this like three times. I mean a, a post-entry pass. I don't mean when you're inbounding it from out of bounds. A post-entry pass, that team does not have to th- know how Against inferior throw you competition. in like eighth grade basketball when you're trying to beat a zone. You learn how to throw an inbounds pass.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether it was because he was distracted, as you kind of alluded to. I don't know if it's because he just doesn't know how to coach those kind of Played. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was, but you have the best player in the country, and they looked completely – they yeah. were completely outplayed. They're,
0: he's done at Arizona, I think. I don't know where he's going to go. I think he will coach again. I just don't think he coaches another game for Arizona. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's a bad – that's a really bad taste in the mouth, DeAndre especially Ian's with gonna everything be the first else going on. to the
0: draft. Thanks for your, you know, four months of going to college. I, I'm sure you got a 4.0. I'm sure you really hit the books hard. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that $100,000. You're going to make a lot more. But, all right, so moving on. Oklahoma URI, I I was lucky enough to watch, like, every second of this game. One first thing I take from it is that Dan Hurley is a really good coach, and he had the perfect game plan to beat them. What he did is he took number zero on his team. I'm forgetting names in the moment. He went at Trey Young every fucking time every possession got him in foul trouble got him on the bench and then it's a different game when you have the five other players who i don't know their names because they don't matter on oklahoma when trey young is not in that game and i think trey young scored something like 23 points he had 24 points in that game 24 yeah. points he needed 34 to beat him yep. he needed they still force force overtime and there was a couple players on Oklahoma that were doing an okay job. They did a good job offensive rebounding. They did an okay job playing defense. You are I hit a lot of shots, but Hurley did what needed to be done and what I would say is the perfect game plan which is go with Trey Young every time. I don't care if he still he, I don't care if he rips you a couple times and gets a couple steals. He's going to get fouls called on him. He got two quick fouls. He ended up on the bench for four or five good minutes in the first half and in the second half and that's the reason why they lost that game is because they are the one of the worst teams in the Big 12 when Trae, when Trey Young is on the bench.
1: Yeah, when you're a one player team and you're not a great team it's really difficult to learn how to play really good basketball without him. And without and I him picked being Oklahoma to
0: win that game. See, I took was like, URI. I thought, it was a good. I move. felt
1: good. I felt good about URI. Looking I watched them in it,
0: the A10. I watched them a couple great-year season games yeah, this year. They're a better team. They're, Looking they're back a at it, very well organized I would have definitely team. taken URI because I would have been like, Hurley's a good coach, and he's going to know that all he has to do is foul Trey Young. Or sorry. Try and get Trae Young into foul trouble, but I thought I was like, "Fuck it, Trae Young's going to have forty points. It's going to be a great." The game. way I looked I was at it, I was kind of more rooting for that. I was trying to will that.
1: Oklahoma to did not look good in the second half of the year, especially away from Oklahoma, and I thought that was going to play into it. And, you were right. And it certainly doesn't make me. I picked Virginia, so we go to show how great my college basketball acumen is. But yeah, that's all right. I, mean, I thought I felt good about you, U. R. Right? The A. Ten
0: one sixteen was going to happen. No, it's, but the
1: A. Ten does generally put out good teams that are ready for good. Content competition but you know what trey
0: young's another one see you in the nba in june yeah i mean a lot that he's going to be like he was the talk of college basketball until this arizona thing happened he's going to be the talk of the nba draft as well because i think there's going to be these leaked scouting reports where it's going to be like he's the next steph curry and then there's going to be these leaked scouting reports where it's going to be like i wouldn't take him with the first 20 picks like some scout Blah blah blah. Some unknown scouts said I wouldn't take him with the first twenty picks. I think he's going to be out of the league in three years. Whatever, but I think he's going to be the biggest talk of the draft because he's the he's the one with the lowest floor and possibly the highest ceiling of all the players that are going to be coming out. We have to see who announces that they're going to come out. Sexton just said he doesn't know he's going to come out. But yeah,
1: Porter said the same thing and with Missouri. Yeah, I yeah. Feel, there's a strong feeling he's coming out too. Porter
0: so. Porter wouldn't have done that bullshit where he played like the game where he took, like, 30 shots and scored 14 points had he not wanted to go to the draft. He would have sat out all the whole year, and he would have come back next year, probably dominated and probably – it would have been better off for him. But whatever. Yeah. That's besides the point. Let's move on to the next game, which is the other FBI special, Miami-Loyola. <laughs>
1: yeah, and Loyola
0: now is all the way in the Sweet game. 16. So, so
1: basically what I took from that is – With that
0: nun, 90-year-old, she only had him losing in the Sweet 16. Though, so. Miami –
1: Miami had the better athletes. Miami couldn't make a free throw down the stretch to save their freaking lives. Loyola hit every big shot they needed to. They executed really well on out of inbound plays. They were also able to play pretty solid defense when they needed to, and they made all their free throws. And I tell you, it's one of the, it, it's the every year, it's the common theme with these upsets. The teams that are that are playing the role of Cinderella they make their free throws they play error free basketball down the stretch and if miami just made one final free throw it would have been over
0: i mean that also shows you the difference between you know a good coach and a bad coach at some of these major programs and they had not to because, cut you off but
1: they had almost every guy on their starting on their five players on the floor at the end miami that is that was shooting under 75% in the year of free bad throws that's bad coaching
0: but the other thing that that has to do with coaching is you know the coaches that are successful in the tournament have their players prepared for every, any different situation that can happen. Coach K at Duke, Villanova, Michigan. These guys, I mean, you watched Michigan upset yesterday. They, that, there was, they were not scared at all they, because they're prepared. And there's other teams like, I don't know, Kentucky. Where, yeah, they're the most talented team on the floor, but they're always on upset a little because you got fucking uh, Calipari calling timeouts at the worst time, wasting all of them, and freaking out. How that do you puts think, team on edge, too. How do you too. think one, not only a player, but a majority of the time a freshman player feels when his coach, who's supposed to be the most even-keeled guy in the building, fucking freaking out. Against calling timeout, Davidson. Calling running around, screaming in the first round. I... I you know, to go into some of our projections, I think Kentucky looks great, but at the same time, I think that Coach Kyle is going to do the same thing that he does every year, and that's overcoach. The only year that he's ever won was when he had Anthony Davis, one of the greatest college basketball players, had one of the greatest college basketball single seasons of all time. He would have gone down had he played four years as the greatest college basketball player ever. Oh, I don't Not think there's close. a doubt
1: about that. I don't think there's a doubt about that with every every stat that he filled.
0: But th- but that just proves that Coach Cal, even when he had John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, all these other teams, he's got one championship with Kentucky. I will say this, though. That,
1: 20- that 2014 team that lost to Connecticut in the final, that was a team that had a lot of talent but never really put it together until the tournament. If you remember, they beat Wisconsin, they beat Wichita State. That looks
0: like this team, but I'm going to tell you, you watch these later games that are going to be tight because the teams are better, he's going to overcoach, and he's going to be running up and down the sideline, freaking out. Meanwhile, you see the other really good coaches – We've done this all year. Cool, calm, collected. Bayheim, same thing. As much as I'm not a big-time Syracuse fan, he's a good coach.
1: He's a very good coach. There's a reason he's been there for so long. Coach and as we Cal,
0: men- I don't know how he does it, but he either sells himself as a great coach when he doesn't have a good recruiting class or a great recruiter when he does. Yep.
1: This Syracuse year two, years, Syracuse two years ago was a 10 seed. They got to the Final Four. They're an 11 seed who had to play a play-in game, as we talked about because before. Because what happens he gets is in, he it, coaches and has those players ready for everything.
0: Exactly. When you watch Boeheim, the players never get nervous. They hit their free throws, and they don't stray away from what they're good at. Well, he puts they'll them down in the position, and to they'll do still what they be can playing do right. that fucking zone. Yep. It doesn't matter. He doesn't stray away from the game plan because he knows it works. Yep.
1: And he gives the kids confidence too—that what they're doing is right, and as long as they stick to the game plan, stick to their skill set, they're going to have a chance to to win a lot of these games. So, I mean, when you look at a team like Syracuse, why not? The way they played Michigan State today, why not?
0: Yeah, they, they really played great. That zone was very prevalent, and it looked like even great athletes like Bridges didn't know what to do. Um, so and I'm, Jay Wright
1: for Villanova, same thing. Same old, very same even old. keel, calm and collected, and that team is rolling right now, right exactly. back to where they were two years ago. you never see
0: that over-animated coach that's coming over and screaming at the ref every two seconds or calling timeouts, sprinting out to midcourt to call timeouts. That guy doesn't win that often. No. You know, because your players see that, and what are they going to do but freak out? Right. It's not a good way to do it. And and let's just jump into projections here. I got Duke winning it all.
1: Yep. I I right now feel the best about Villanova. I don't know how you can feel bad about either of those two teams. Um, Not at all. Not at all. You know, Michigan got a second life yesterday hitting that buzzer beater to win it. So, who knows? They were playing great coming into the tournament it's still wide open and there's a lot of games left tonight uh, in this round of 32 before we talk next. So, But I would agree, Duke and Villanova are probably the two teams that you look at right now and say they're probably playing the best, and Kentucky has that chance if they're if they're coached correctly. I like Duke
0: because they're by far the most talented team left, even more talented than Kentucky. And as annoying and a nuisance as I think he is, Grayson Allen's playing big-time basketball right now. Oh, yeah, but he's played threes, big-time college basketball all year. And he's slinging the ball around right now. Yep. You know, and uh, sometimes I'll look at Grayson Allen, and he can't get by his defender that he's supposed to be more athletic and stronger than. But then there's times like this where he's going into the paint, slinging these passes right into the shooter's pockets, and they're drilling these threes because he's making great passes, where he's banging threes, or he's getting n ones. This time of year, I don't know what it is.
1: He's a catalyst for that team too. When he plays with confidence, that whole team plays with confidence, and yep. they and they look fluid. Their athleticism takes over, and and they're a real force to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to see what happens after this. We already we already one game down on this Sunday. Uh, Syracuse somehow won. Jim Beheim does it again. That fucking bastard.
1: And he'll be there till he dies. He might die on the court when he's 95 years old and that team will still be playing that two, three zone. Yeah.
0: Well, if they win this year, somehow he'll say he's going to retire and then come back next year. That's what's going to happen. But hopefully we can get another something done uh, after, after today and talk a little bit more, maybe later in the week when some more games are played. But, uh, I think this is a pretty good podcast. We're about an hour in. You know, we talked a lot today. So,
1: there's a, this is a time of year where we talked last week. The sports calendar is really popping. There's a lot going on. Yep. Um, there's a lot to discuss. Tough,
0: tough to talk about NBA right now, especially because the teams that we focus on are. Uh, oh, they're well, the Knicks are fighting for the first overall pit and pick in the. The Nets are fighting for,
1: I don't even know. I don't either. Well, They, they you know. play hard. They play hard. That's about, as a Net fan, all you can say. To There's no you know, player development, but who cares? To
0: give them a one-second prediction, you know, the Cavs will be there at the end of the year. I think the Raptors are a little bit better this year because their offense is better. Um, the Rockets are better a better regular season team than the Warriors, but the Warriors are going to win the championship.
1: Yep, and the Warriors There's have no some injuries right now. They're barring
0: gonna... barring uh, you know Steph Curry really actually aggravating this ankle injury, that would make it very interesting. But besides that, Warriors are going to win it's the championship. It's just
1: news fest to the conference finals.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which it is every year. So we'll talk in May. Yeah, exactly. And maybe one day when there's nothing to talk about, we'll talk about ways that the NBA can make this a little more interesting. They've already discussed. Um, We've
1: spoken off air about some yeah, good ideas that we can. That, they that could already, get that NBA back. Silver to,
0: has discussed, you know, revamping the playoff scheme and whatever. But you know, there's a, there's some interesting. The thing with the NBA is that's different than every other league. Is you know, if, if the Sixers were were, were a, a baseball team or a football team you'd be like hey you know this is a really talented team you never know it's whoever's hottest in the playoffs but the nba it's seven game series yeah the better team exactly. pretty they're much always play the wins. Cavs, and they're going to lose that's yep.
1: what's going to happen and the other tough thing too as we're wrapping up here and and finishing on this final topic is it's hard to be excited as a as a fan of a team that's developing because you know that gap it's not just to get to the playoffs they're so far away from the other teams it's like you know watching the nets is They've played well enough to win probably 32 games this year. They are just they fizzle out at the end because they just don't have enough talent. But you can't even be excited about that because even if these players develop into good players, you're still going to have the Raptors. You're still going to have the Celtics. You're still yeah. going to have the
0: Cavs. There needs to be a little bit more parity in the NBA, and I don't know how you redesign the cap or whatever to do that. There's got to be something. You know, and when you watch the Knicks, I'll watch like two seconds of a Knicks game, and it'll just be like, this team's trying to lose at this point, which I'm happy about because I want that lottery.
1: Although day. they're playing their starters in in moments where they should be playing guys that aren't set up to succeed, but that goes to show how bad they are. They won yesterday against lose. the Hornets,
0: but you know they've been winning a lot more obviously than they've been losing, which is what I want to see because I think if you get in the uh, in the top three to four picks in this draft. You're gonna be really happy with. At the you end take. of the
1: day, you just—it's the same. I look at the Knicks the same way I look at the Jets. It, 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 eventually, no matter where they're picking, they have to pick the right guy.
0: The only thing I'm Porzingis worried about was a great player. Is he's always Is that hurt. it? Is that it? Is that? Are they done now? Is that, that the only guy and, that they going to get? And you don't
1: even know if the, the jury's still out on him because he's always hurt. Yep. And he hasn't played. Any meaningful games down the stretch of a season where he can separate himself. So we'll talk about the NBA in the coming months. I mean, it's not a pressing issue right the now. It NBA but,
0: doesn't matter until you get to you know late May, early June. I mean,
1: and the storylines that the league and the other and the mainstream media, sports media in particular, tries to tries to cultivate yeah. is just kind of ridiculous. Because it doesn't it sad matter
0: that I followed the NBA much um, more intensely. Over the summer, when we, or, or or you know, and at the end of the summer when they weren't playing games and there was this Kyrie drama and, no. and and everything, is it sad that that happens? Then, then now during the actual season, that's that's not good for the league. It's not good for the league, but it, it's still the it, most up and coming league. But I can't sit down right now and watch a game when I know that that game doesn't matter.
1: Even well, that's the thing because even when the two best teams are playing. One one team is sitting their starters because home court doesn't even matter. They'll play when they want to. I mean, the Cavaliers last year were the two seed. Nobody remembers that, and they steamrolled every team that they played. Exactly. Because when the, when they decided they wanted to play, they were head and shoulders the, buff t- the best team in the conference. So who cares? I mean, it's hard to get excited about a league like that, and I think Adam Silver knows that, and he's going to have to change something in the competitive balance because you also have a bunch of teams openly admitting that
0: That's they're tanking. tanking. Thanks, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just want to say congrats to the uh, 2017 2018 champion Warriors, and that's pretty much all we can yep. say about that. I'll see you in
1: five games, maybe six, mm-hmm. and thank God baseball's going on by then because I don't even have to pretend to watch those games. Yes, go Yankees, <laughs> go
0: Yankees. All right, well, uh, we'll wrap this up. Talk to you guys soon. All
1: right, bye.